Hebrews chapter 2, starting at verse 1. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that, what we do not, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through the angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Verse 10. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants, but surely it is not the angels he helps. For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Great. Well, we continue uh, in the book of Hebrews uh, this week, uh, chapter 2. Hebrews, of course, a book that lifts up faith, that lifts up the name of Jesus. Uh, And of course, it's good today just to stop, as we already have, and just to acknowledge that it is Mother's Day. Uh, It's great to see some mums amongst us and that it's, yeah, as we've already said, for some it's a great day, for some there's some sadness. Uh, And it's beautiful that we have examples of mums who who do lift up faith around us, who do care greatly about continuing in faith. Well, the titles today, we go to the next slide. I don't actually have my clicker, guys. Um, The uh, is uh, Standing Strong in Jesus. That's the next slide. Uh, So standing in the face of opposition um, is what we're called to. Hebrews chapter 2, it's about standing strong. When people deny what we believe in, when people ignore God's greatness, when people, I guess, uh, are rejecting or ridiculing or even mocking our faith, there is a call to stand strong uh, in faith. If we go to the next slide, uh, there's a picture here, uh, and there's a boat which has gone adrift. It's just uh, sitting out in the, in the waters, and so tell me, what's going to happen to that boat if it's just left there? What do you think is going to happen? Float away? 
drift away. Well, it says that up there, isn't it? Float away, drift away. What do you think is going to continue if it, if it goes, just keeps drifting? Ash, you're a boating guy. What do you think is going to happen? Stolen. <laughs> Looks too good. <laughs> That's the reality of the world. What happens if someone doesn't, you know, people touch it? What do you think is going to happen to it eventually? Uh, it'll become a reef. You reckon it's going to break apart? It could hit the rocks. There are many things. could hit a beach, break apart. It could sink. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Exactly. So uh, we've all been sitting down. What happens if we all stand up for a moment? So where you are, stretch your legs as we're thinking through this passage. What about us? If there was a strong current pushing us from one side of the room to the other, what do you think is going to happen to us? We're going to move, aren't we? We're going to get, we're going to get pushed. Sorry, you can take a couple of steps over that way. That's right, because it's just, just what happens. And then we might get washed back the other way a few steps. All right, and so just what pushes our life is not like, not like the, the current of the ocean, but what we have is there's all sorts of things in our society that push us around, aren't they? That move us. You can sit down, it's all right. If you don't, well, you don't want to stand up any longer, I'll let you sit. But uh, if we were still standing, we might think, well, there are factors that push us, whether that be voices from our society, uh, whether that be in the media, or whether that be um, even in the sporting world, or whether that be voices that speak to us through our education. So many aspects. And um, just by living uh, in this world, we get pushed around. We start drifting. Because I guess in, t- in reference to faith, if we're supposed to be connected to Jesus or focused on Jesus, we take our eyes off Him, then what happens is we start to drift. We start to get moved around. And that drifting and movement, it takes us away from God. It takes us away from where we should be. And if we go to the next slides, uh, the whole idea is we could end up anywhere in that drifting. But what we are called to, and what this passage encourages us in all of that drifting, we're to get a hold, we're to get onto something that's going to steady us, something that is secure and trustworthy. We're called to get a hold of Jesus and to hold on to Him. Not to drift, but to get that grip on Jesus that keeps us secure. We'll go to the next slide, and it's a reference to the start of our reading. Uh, And let's look carefully at what it says. It says, We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. What we've been talking about. The therefore, we're thinking it through the, the greatness of Jesus and who He is. That was chapter 1 was all about. And so the point here is for us not to lose our focus, to have instead a careful attention on the things of Jesus, what we've heard, so that we don't just let go of it and start drifting, drifting away. And there's a serious side to drifting as it continues uh, in the next few verses, in verse 2 and 3. It talks about there being a message that the angels spoke about. But those angel messages were from God and people that didn't follow those were disobeying God and so there was a punishment. And then the point is made, well, Jesus has spoken to us. 
This is God's salvation. This is God's way. If we ignore that, what is God going to do to us? Jesus has come with this great message of salvation. We should listen. We should get a hold of it. We should not drift away from it. We should let it sink into us. Because if we ignore it, God will bring about his punishment. There's a serious side to it. But it continues. It says that God also testified to it, this is the truth of Jesus, by signs, wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So the point is being made that not only were there eyewitnesses that Jesus spoke to back in the day when he was alive, but to each generation, to the the generation that received this letter in Hebrews and to the generations after, that God has continued to verify that this is the truth by miracles, by doing works of, of his will from heaven, work that is supernatural. God has heard people's prayers and miracles take place. God has gifted people with special gifts from his Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit that we might be full of of service. And God has changed lives. And so this is confirmation in our current day that God is still active and he is still working through his Son, Jesus. So let us not drift away from this truth. So we go to the next slide. Has anyone been down to the Murray River? Anyone seen the the current down there, particularly when there's a lot of water uh, in summer? So uh, it's very easy just to get out there and start drifting along the river, isn't it? Anyone can do that. You get out there and you see people sometimes, they get in one of those rubber inflatables and it's very easy just to float down the river. Has anyone tried swimming against the current? You go out there and maybe for a bit of fitness, you think, oh, I'm just going to swim against the currents. How long do you think you'd, you'd go swimming against the current and the Murray River? You put your, your head down and swam. Josh, how long do you reckon you could last? One minute. Any more takers? Anyone think they could beat more than a minute? Uh, Jeff, how long do you think? <laughs> we, we, we're struggling. Maybe if you swam well, maybe 10 minutes. I think we'd all be struggling uh, after about 10 minutes because it's a strong current and it's relentless. It just keeps pushing. Now, just imagine for a moment, rather than trying to swim against your own strength, just imagine there was a, a rock that was plonked down right there in the middle. you think that would make it a bit easier that you could put your feet on? A lot easier. Just imagine that rock was above the surface of the water. It's more like the pylons at the bottom of the bridge. you think it would be easier to stand in that spot now it's a different situation completely and the point is that it's like that in our lives we can try to swim against the currents we can try to do it in our own strength but the reality is is that people who have good intentions don't last in our own strength we can't keep going in our own efforts we 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 get confused we get um the messages the temptation from the world's that that, that strong current, we start drifting. But we can ask for help from our gods, help from Jesus. And it's like we do get that rock. We get the rock of Jesus to stand upon. And in him we find help to not only survive in the face of the currents, but we have 
strength to thrive, to grow, to, to be who God wants us to be. But it requires us to be humble enough to ask for help and not try to just to do it all in our own strength because our own strength doesn't work. Well, we go to the next slide. We saw last week that God has spoken. And can anyone remind us how God has spoken? If you remember how he's spoken? Through his son, Jesus, exactly. God has clearly spoken to each of us. And Jesus was shown to be greater than the angels. Jesus was shown to be fully God amongst us. The one who is so significant. And if we go to the next slide, we see that Jesus is greater. That's the central message that we've seen so far. Jesus is greater than all people, all things. And God has spoken to us through his son. And then we get to the rest of chapter 2 of Hebrews and it makes this really strong point for us to get a hold of. That Jesus came, we'll go to the next slide, Jesus came as a person for us. For you and for me. This is quite remarkable when we think about who Jesus was. The glory of heaven that Jesus had as the Son of God. We've seen that Jesus was fully God and yet he became fully human and dwelled amongst us. We see him washing feet in that picture there. Because Jesus came to save and to serve people. He wanted to bless us. And the best way for him to do that was to come as a person. Because when you think about it, in the Old Testament, and the old way that the Jewish people used to relate to God, God was a powerful figure in heaven who was to be feared and who was unapproachable. But we don't see that in Jesus. We see a person that has God's glory and who we can go to, that people were able to touch and to learn from. Uh, all of a sudden, God has become so accessible and Jesus says, come to me. No longer do you need to be fearful of God's greatness because it's become available to every person. God has spoken to us through Jesus. And so we see so many things in this passage about why it was significant that Jesus came as a person. We'll look at the first. It says that Jesus came in verse 10 to bring many sons and daughters to glory. To God's glory. What a future awaits those who trust in Jesus. A glory to come. And Jesus coming as a person made that all possible. And then it continues uh, in chapter 10 again. Jesus became perfect because he suffered. And you might say, well, I've got a good argument here. Jesus already was perfect. How could he become even more perfect? Well, it's a bit like how we're looking at it. Uh, I guess you might say that a, a rosebud looks magnificent and it's perfect in itself. But when it opens up, that beauty is displayed uh, in a greater way. And so when we're looking at the perfection of Jesus, there was beauty to be seen just in who he was and, and showing God's character. But how much more perfect is that to us when we see what he went through for us? His perfection becomes so much greater for us to understand. And Jesus had to be a person to show that greatness to us. 
And then it goes on to say, um, well, previously in verse 9, that part of that suffering was that Jesus tasted death for everyone. Could Jesus have tasted death if he was not a person? Do you think he could have died if he was not a person? No. Jesus had to come as a man amongst us so that he could taste death. He could experience death in its fullness. And Jesus died a horrible death. What he went through was unimaginable, his suffering. The the pain he went through as he was put up on that Roman cross. And yet he did that for us because he cares for us. And it continues in, in verse 11, another reason why Jesus came as a person. Something that we, many of us would know, that Jesus came to save us. Part of his mission in being a person was to relate to us so he could save us. To make us holy. Holy To be holy means to be set apart for God, to be perfect in God's ways. Free of any blemish. And that's how Jesus makes us. So that we can share in his glory forever. And being holy means that we are part of God's one forever family. His perfect family. And it only continues in verse 12. Jesus then becomes a person to call us his brothers and sisters. This is quite significant. If Jesus wasn't a person, he wouldn't be able to call us a brother or a sister because he wasn't a person. We wouldn't be able to relate to us and yet he was a person and he joyfully calls us his brothers and sisters when we join in faith. We become adopted as God's children as we believe and Jesus welcomes us as his brothers and sisters which means when you're connected to Jesus and you know he's in the glory of heaven, that means that we have this wonderful inheritance waiting for us as his brothers and sisters. But it only continues why it was significant that Jesus was a person. Because he came to break the power of the devil. Evil is all around us. Evil is involved in that, that washing and that current that comes. That, 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 that bad stuff that tempts us and takes us away. And so when we think about it, the devil tempts us to sin. The sin takes us away from God. And what does sin lead to? Death. Death. And death is a horrible thing that was before every single person. And there are many people who are living out there who are fearful of death. But we know that Jesus went through it all. He was perfect. He defeated Satan's power by not giving in to temptation. And then, of course, by being victorious in his resurrection. Because the next point there, it says, Jesus freed us from the fear of death. Christian people have to really have no fear of death. Because where does death take us? It takes us to be with God, to be with our Lord, to be with Jesus. So we should not be fearful of death. It's not something to fear. But Jesus had to be a person to defeat Satan's temptation to defeat death and so the blessings come to us that we share in his victory so that we don't have to fear death anymore in jesus we have promises beyond the grave promises of a life a resurrection life and this is good but it only continues in verse 16 the the clear point is made is that jesus had to become a person because he wanted to help us Just like that feet washing we saw before, Jesus wanted to come to help and to serve. He didn't want 
to be an angel to help angels out. That point is made that Jesus is greater than the angels and yet he came as a person to help you and me, to help humanity. That's why he came. So a good question for us to stop and ponder, should we accept his help? Should we listen to his voice and and get a hold of his help? Why Great answer, Steph. Why would we not want to? Why, why, why would we not want to? And then in verse 17, it says that Jesus became our high priest in service to God. Does anyone know anything about a priest? What does a priest do? Any ideas? Are they a person? They're a person and they, they teach maybe, yep. Represent people to God, mediates. In the Old Testament, we see that they offered lots of offerings to God on the people's behalf. A mediator. Could Jesus have been a high priest for us if he was not a person? No. And yet in the Bible, we see that Jesus is our high priest. He is the one that we go to and we know that when we come to him, we have access to the holy, mighty God, our God, the Father in heaven. And he was doing that in service to God like a perfect priest should be doing serving God. And then in verse 18, we see that Jesus suffered. That was where the reading ended. That Jesus suffered when he was tempted. Jesus was tempted beyond measure. Think about what the devil did to Jesus when he took him up onto that, after fasting, up to the, the, in the desert and tempted him in so many ways. And yet Jesus did not sin. He did not give in. And yet he suffered greatly through it. He suffered as he was tempted uh, on the cross and, and people were ridiculing him and all the taunts that came towards him. Jesus suffered as a person and so we can relate to his suffering as we suffer. And Jesus did that to help us. So, as we come to, uh, towards the end, we see here that it was significant that Jesus came as a person. There's even more, if we dig that passage apart, there was even more why it was significant that Jesus came as a person. And that is for us. And that should bring us joy when we think about all those things. There's almost a sermon in each of those points that we just looked at. But what we see here is that Jesus came for us and that should make us thankful. We should receive Jesus and as we receive him, uh, we get that. All the promises of God, they come to us. What Jesus did for you and for me was incredible. And so that should leave us to praise him, to glorify his name to lift him on high. And that should lead us to hold firmly to him. As we've been saying before, not to drift around, let the world dictate what we say and think, but to get a hold of Jesus and his ways and let that infiltrate our lives. What I love about Jesus being a person as well is that he was a perfect example for us to look to. I'm so thankful that we have all the Gospels to look to and what Jesus did in situations. So we have the perfect example of how to thrive in life and we could aim to be like Jesus. We have a role model to look to and if Jesus had never come as a person, we never would have had that perfect role model to look to. 
but we have it. So let us look to Jesus. And that's what Hebrews is encouraging us to do, to look to the perfect role model, the one who was God and yet human, fully human amongst us, coming to give for us. Let's pray. Our Lord God, we thank you so much for all that you've given to us in Jesus. We thank you.